0: amen. Well, here's the deal, everybody. Uh, going off of the theme of of uh, the video that we just watched with the iHeart film coming out tomorrow night, and we're seeing all of these pictures of, you know, it's not okay for us to eat our Big Macs and sit in front of the television and, and see uh, the poverty and the, the horrible things happening in our world. It's not okay for us to just, oh, you know, that's too bad. Oh, sucks to be you, you know. Can I say that word? I'm not sure. But anyways, is it too bad for you, you know? And and then we're like, that's really bad. And then we turn the channel, and then we keep eating our, our Big Mac, and, and we soon forget about it. Uh, that's what the iHeart film is all about. And I think it's strategic that God would have us speak uh, tonight and have you hear this message tonight through our series, Living with Leverage, as we talk tonight about kindness. And quite frankly, uh, if you've been around me for like, three minutes. You know that if I were to pick topics to preach on, you know what I would not pick a topic to preach on? I would not pick kindness. I want to preach like on how you can save the world or something. You know, I want to, I want to talk about how we need to go all out, you know, and serve God with all of our heart. I, you know, the, the topic for me to go, oh, hello boys and girls. Welcome to Switch. I'm going to talk to you about being nice. We should all be nice. And you know, if you can't think of something good to say, don't say it at all. (laughs) I don't like that. Okay, that's not my style. And quite frankly, that's not the attitude or even the theme of scripture. However, kindness absolutely does have something to do with whether or not you live your life with leverage. So if you're new, let me explain this. Living with Leverage thing. And basically, when we talk about leverage, it is the key or the power to influence people, events, or decisions. When you have leverage, you have an advantage that other people don't have. So, can I get right into it tonight and say this? If you do not have kindness, which the Bible speaks of over and over and over and over again, if you do not have kindness, you will not have the leverage. That other people have that have kindness in the things that God has called you to. well, I don't need to be kind. God made me just kind of a a, a, a meanie, and I'm just supposed to be bullheaded. No, no, no. Listen, if you choose to be like that, that's fine. Jesus is still God; He's still Lord. But you are going to lose leverage because God designed you. Now, watch this. God designed you to understand that if you live according to the way the Bible has us live, you will live with an advantage in running the race that God called you to. How many of you would agree with me with the life that God has called us to live? If we live with purity, we have an advantage over some perverted dude or chick, right? I mean, if we have purity, uh, how many of you guys think I have an advantage for a great marriage if I'm pure as a husband rather than if I was a pervert? I mean, come on. This is not rocket science, right? You're like, yeah you would have an advantage because if you were a pervert, you'd be dead because we know Jennifer and she would kill you. She would bust a cap in your face and then spit on you and then cry. But it is not a good plan. It's not a good plan. Listen, so here's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not this crazy concept, but it's something you need to understand. If you don't live, your lifestyle the way God intended you to live, you will always be running into obstacles in the path that God called you to. When you live the way God called you to, you will remove obstacles. You'll be able to run, and there won't be any obstacles because you have leverage, because you have some momentum, because you have a full head of steam. It's like it's like running downhill. It's like when I played football, and it was a running play. You know what we do? We get in our three-point stance, and we would just be on our toes. You want to know why I'd be on our toes? Because when the ball is hiked, we're like, boom, and we just nail right into that person. But if we're on our heels, guess what happens? Why? Because we don't have any leverage. We don't have any momentum. Listen, God designed you to live with leverage. You can live with with leverage. God designed you to. He wants you to do it. He's given you every way to do it. And I want to tell you something. I believe this is a message from God for your life. I believe that God is vitally interested in the way you live your life. God is not like, well, well, look, look what we have here. We got Chris Davis. Well, Chris Davis got right. He was kind of a punk in high school. He kind of, you know, did a few things, but, but Chris got right with me. This is God thinking, but it's not what God's thinking, but he's, not like, well, Chris got right with me. So, you know, at least he's good to go. I don't really care about Chris's lifestyle. Listen, God absolutely cares about the way that you live your life. He absolutely cares whether you have kindness in you or not, whether you have patience in you or not, whether you have understanding, knowledge, depth in you or not. He absolutely cares whether or not there is purity inside of you or impurity. He cares about your life. He cares. You want to know why he cares? Not because he wants to be up in your business. He cares because he knows that if you will live according to his way, you'll have leverage. You will, you will encounter obstacles and you will kick those obstacles in the teeth. Have you ever thought of teeth for a second that have been kicked in? It's just not a good concept. My, uh, my sister-in-law, Katie, she hates the, the thought of, of having broken teeth. You know, like when teeth break, You know, nerve endings, you know, like, like broken teeth, not good. But can I tell you, it is really a good thing when the thing with broken teeth are obstacles and the attacks of the enemy that are trying to get in your way. It is a pretty cool thought for me to think of living my life for God, running the race, serving him, and then all of a sudden, bam, a little obstacle called the devil comes up in front of me. Or some little demon, some little attack, some obstacle presents itself. It is a good thought for me, because I'm a gangster, to think of that obstacle as getting its teeth broken in and being all snaggle-tooth. Why? Because bam, I got some leverage. Bam, I got some leverage. What's up now? I got some leverage. Do you know? Do you know that you can be kind of weak, but if you got some leverage, did you know that something powerful can happen? I mean, if you look at my bicep, you think my bicep is like bulging. You think my bicep is like like twenty five inches or something, give or take twenty four inches. But uh, here's the deal: Did you know that if you you can have barely any muscle, but if you got some leverage, baby, you can do something powerful? Did you know that some of you Taekwondo, uh, Kempo? Uh, you know, ninja dudes, you know about like, about leverage and about force. You, you know that you can be like, Tink. and if you have the right leverage, the right pressure point. It's like, oh, no, mom, I want, you know. Uh, but, but here's what I'm trying to say. You can have the smallest arm, right? But if you are running 20 miles an hour and you stick out that fist, will you picture this with me? It doesn't matter how much muscle is on there. You got some leverage, baby. And you can have Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. You can have these MMA dudes, Brock Lesnar. But you got a 20-mile-an-hour fist, and guess what? Those bad boys are going down like little silly clowns. I mean, it's like pow. Why? Because you've got leverage. God wants you. Listen. Your life should not be a struggle to serve God. You should run this race with leverage, speed. There are things for you to do. And here's the basis of this message, is that the way to get leverage is found in your lifestyle. Your lifestyle gives you leverage. And I want to talk to you tonight about kindness. Now, the the title of my message, because I'm bad at the bone, is Killer kindness. Because we're not talking about prissy kindness. We're not talking about, oh, look, there's a flower. I'm going to give it to the, I'm going to give it to my little sister. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead and give your flowers to your little sister. That's nice. But this is me. Okay, this is my message. Okay, God's working through this brain. And this brain comes up with messages. It's not like kissy, kissy kindness. That's not me, okay? My message is killer kindness. Because when you have kindness, you are absolutely able to kill some obstacles that are in front of you that are meant to harm you and get in front of you. And I will explain. Here's the deal. Are you nice? I mean, no, 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 no. When I ask, are you nice? I'm not asking about kiss up nice. You know, it's easy to be nice to somebody when you want something. You know what I'm talking about? I I have people come up to me. Oh, hi, Pastor Brad. Oh, hey, what do you think about? Oh, hi, 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 hi. I'm like, what do you want? They're like, coffee. Ha. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, can we go hang out? I'd love to hang out. I'm like, oh sure. Do you have any money? No. <laughs> And they're being really nice. What do they want? Well, they want my time and my money, you know. Do you know who is the pro at this? I just got to be honest with you. My sister-in-law, Katie, since I already talked about her, uh, I want to talk about her in just a second. Do you guys know Katie? We have a picture of her. There she is. Okay. Yeah, we have a picture. Check that out. That is my... Now, you would think right there, my sister-in-law, Katie, you would think she is bad to the bone. You would think like, like she's like, Duh, you know, she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this meatball all in one bite, you know. Uh, but here's the deal. Do you know what? My, my sister-in-law, she's nice when she wants something. I got to be honest with you we'll be having family dinner, and Pastor Steve's here tonight. Let's wave to Pastor Steve over there. Come on, wave to Pastor Steve. Uh, now, with my sister-in-law, we're having family dinner, and, and I've seen this year after year after year, that Katie wants something from her dad, who happens to be my pastor, okay, my father-in-law, and she will she will go, and he'll be sitting on his blue leather chair thingamajigger, and she'll just act like she's six years old again, and she'll jump in his lap, and she'll put her arm around her dad, and he's like, what are you doing you're 26 years old or whatever it is you know and 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 she'll bat her eyes <laughs> and and all of a sudden she's like hey dad hey pops whatever it is and she will be she will be so nice I mean I picked the greatest picture in the world and she will be she'll be so nice and she will bat her eyes and 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 then and then finally the question will come out Katie what do you want and she'll be like, well, you know, I just thought that maybe it would be a good idea if you gave me some money, you know, or something, and I mean, my sister-in-law is great, she'll do this to me, she'll come up to me, and she's like, hey, best brother-in-law in in the whole wide world, and she'll bat her eyes, and she'll put her arm around me, and she's like, you know that uh, I'm your favorite ride, and you know, and and she, uh, okay, so here's the point, I mean, we're talking about Katie so much here, Katie, if you're listening, I love you, get home quickly, uh, but don't ask me, for any money. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about kindness like when you want something. We better take that picture off, Jason. We better we better just just get get rid of that picture. I think that's actually, I don't know why you guys are like, that's the best picture I've ever seen. That's like the coolest. I'm actually trying to get Katie married. And uh, if you're listening and you're single and you're in your upper 20s and you're a man of God, come talk to me. Uh, but you know, hey, I'm, that's the picture I send to dudes. I'm like, hey, you need to meet my sister-in-law. Check her out. (laughs) She is hardcore. You do not want to mess around, okay? But here's the deal. When I'm talking about kindness, you guys, I'm not talking about kindness when you want something. How many of you would agree with me? I don't have to convince you that it's easy to be kind to people that you love or to people that will give you what you want. You know what God says leverages? You know what God wants to show you kindness is when you are kind to people who you can't get anything out of. In fact, the Bible says not to just be kind to people who like you and people who are around you. Do you know what the Bible says, and we're about to look at it? The Bible says that you're supposed to be kind not just to your friends. The Bible says you're supposed to be kind to your enemies. Now, I got news for you. That is a different kind of kindness than if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. That's like on a whole nother level of kindness. And the only way for you to get the kind of kindness that will absolutely change your lifestyle, the only kind of kindness that you'll get that will give you leverage in the calling that God has on your life is not for you to try and be a nice person. Like the video, like I'm telling you tonight, we don't need just a bunch of nice people. Nice people don't change anything. People with the Spirit of God in their lives change things. And when you have the Spirit of God in you, there's an ability to be kind even when you are Facing incredible, incredible circumstances. So I want to talk to you guys about this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we've been using 2 Corinthians 5 and 2 Corinthians 6 as our understanding. Paul got the concept. He got a picture of the prize, and he began to say, wow, God is so awesome. The message of Christ is so powerful. This has got to consume me. I've got to get this message out. And in 2 Corinthians 5, he's like, oh, do you see the message? Do you understand who Jesus is? And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, this message is so important. I've got to live in a way that no obstacles will get between me and the message of God. I want you to think of it this way. Everyone wave to Andrew back there. Andrew, what's up? There's Andrew. Okay, Andrew's one of my boys. Okay, picture me right here, you guys, and here I am, and I've got, and God's called me to get the message to Andrew, and the message of God. How many of you understand we're not talking about, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. Yay, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. You know, now I lay me down as, no, no, no. if that's your religion, you missed out on what God's wanting to do in this generation and in this world. That's why we're gathering, and so we're trying to get the the message of of Christ, which is found in 2 Corinthians 5, say I'm trying to get that message to Andrew. Listen, the way that I'm going to get that message to Andrew is to live a lifestyle that will cause no obstacles to get between me and the call of God on my life. Does that make sense? You say, Brian, I want to reach my school. Sweet. Call of God is on your life. I'm so glad Maria's here tonight. Let's do a little quick high five. Centennial High School representing. And Maria says, oh, you know, I want to do something great at Centennial High School. That's awesome. That is true. The call of God is on your life. But how how much leverage or advantage, whatever kind of, of, of advantage you have is dependent on your lifestyle because your lifestyle opens up doors that other things will not. It doesn't change who Jesus is, but it does give you leverage with the message of God. And we're going to look at it right now right now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's the message. He says, for the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and he died for all, that those who who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Therefore, here's the message. He's like, do you get this? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He says, listen, Jesus is real. He's not some God that's sitting up there, some dead religion that we just kind of hang out on Tuesday nights. He's like God is alive and those who put their faith in him, all things are made new. The old is gone. The old you, the punk, the messed up, the impure, the impatient, those who are shallow, all that can be removed and you can become everything that God has called you to because Jesus died on the cross. All things have passed away. The old is gone. The new has come. In other words, what he is saying is we don't have to live like everyone else anymore. You do not have to live. Well, man, this is how I roll. This, you know, I'm not going to be kind. No, I can't be kind to my parents because they did this to me. I No, 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 no. I understand that the majority of people can't live kind when their family does something to them. But the Bible says when God's power comes in you, you have the ability to live like no one else. You have the ability to be kind. You have the ability. I can't be pure. Pastor Brian, it's all over. that My parents are doing this. My, my brother's doing this was porn, it's cr- I can't get, no, 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 I understand that the majority of people can't live pure in this culture, but when you get the power of God in you, you have the ability to live like no one else, not because you're good, not because you're smart, not because you try harder than anybody else, but because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. When the old is gone, the new has come, and there is no more impossibilities with your life man, that's a a good message. I want to be on that team. I want to be, that's God. I want God. Thank you very much. Because the old me absolutely is nasty. Can I get a witness? See, the old Brian messed up, screwed up, perverted, gross, horrible. The new Brian, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do I need to be kind? All right, I can be kind. Why? Because the Spirit of God resides in me. Do I need to be pure? All right, let's live the pure life. Well, how? Because the Spirit of God resides. Yeah, but Brian, this culture, I mean, there's, uh, uh, yeah, I understand that it's hard for people who don't have the Spirit of God in them, but when you have the Spirit of God and you come on, somebody, we can have some men of God that rise up and say, I don't need that junk. I don't have to look at that junk. I can abstain from that junk. I can flee from that sexual stuff. I can can be pure because the Spirit of God is inside of me. The old is gone and the new has come. If you want church, if you want dead religion and just some some organized gathering you came to the wrong place but if you want to be a new creation jesus christ has a message for you that he died for you and that you can become all things new whatever you need god has for you because the spirit of christ resides in you and that's what paul's doing he's like whoa He's talking to the church. Isn't that kind of funny that he's talking to the church and not unsaved people? He's like, Corinthian church, hey, what's up? Hey, hey, you got to get this. It's so important for you to capture this. Because if you don't get it, listen, this is what happens. If you don't get this, then you just start, well, I don't know. You know, I'm not that interested. Uh, uh, Because why? It's just religion to you. But if you understand that God wants to be all about you and your lifestyle and everything else, all of a sudden you have some confidence that some things can change. Can I get an amen? So here's what he says then. He's like, if this message is so amazing, which it is, can I get another amen? If this message is so amazing, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 talks about making sure nothing gets in the way of this amazing message, and that's where he goes into lifestyle. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, we live in such a way, everyone say lifestyle. He's not talking about the message of Christ anymore. He's talking about how I live then. How I live matters. Your lifestyle matters. We live in such a way. That no one will stumble because of us. One version of the ESV says, we put no obstacles in anyone's way. What does that mean? That means if you choose to not have kindness in you. That means that you are putting an obstacle between them and the message of Christ. You have put an obstacle. But he says, we live in such a way that no obstacle." We'll be put you say, well, listen, I'm I'm saved by grace. I don't have, I, I can live however I want to live because because God it's it's all about God's grace in me. Yeah, I understand that. How you live will never change who Jesus is. You can go out and, 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 and smoke pot and, and drink a forty and have a little bud with your friends and listen. No matter what you do, Jesus is still the Savior of the world. You can't do anything to change it, whether you want to or not. But how you live, smoking that pot, drinking that 40, doing whatever, mouthing off to your parents, how you live does put obstacles in people's way of hearing this amazing message. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, we live in such a way. We put no obstacles in anyone's way, and no one will find fault with our ministry. And this is what our seven-week series is all about. He lists six things here. We prove ourselves, everyone say lifestyle. He says we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, where are we at tonight, our kindness next week, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. He says, these six things, they don't make the gospel the gospel. Jesus alone makes the gospel the gospel. But these six things give you leverage to present the gospel the most powerful way possible. No obstacles. I mean, come on, somebody. How many of you have tried to take a test and there were some obstacles in taking that test? How many of you would just like the answers? You're like, this is easy. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, when I took my math class, I was kind of a little bit behind the average Joe, you know, in math, like the ninth graders were taking like algebra and I was like in pre-algebra, you know, I never got to trigonometry just to let you know, Jesus can use anybody. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the deal. But man, uh, in my math books, I don't know if it's true for you guys, when you guys are in high school or middle school, if that's true for you, but in the back of the book, all the answers to the odd questions were in the back. Can I get a witness? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and listen, I loved it. I loved it when the teacher's like, I want you to do page 65 odd numbers. I'm like, score! Yeah! I'm like doing a little party dance. I'm like, what's up? What's up? 100%. What's up? I later found that she wanted to see how we got to the answer, which is so lame. But anyways, I was, it was awesome to not have any obstacles. But when you don't have the answer, when you have obstacles, it makes life so much harder. So Paul says this, we live in such a way to have no obstacles. So we live this way. We live pure. We live with understanding. We're not shallow. We have patience. We're not, we're not agitated. We're, we're, we're going to persevere. And then he says, here tonight, kindness. God designed you to live with leverage, and kindness is a big-time leverage weapon. I'm here to tell you something, friends. In the culture that we live in, there are some enemies out there, and if you choose to just fight, you know, and just be like, well, they're going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And I'm right because I'm a, I'm a child of God, and, and our culture needs to hear this, and they just need to hear somebody. They'll tell them the what for. Guess what? You don't have leverage. You're going to be on your heels because you decided to w- operate the gospel out of your flesh rather than out of the Spirit of God. Because last time I checked, you can't change anybody's mind. Only the Holy Spirit can. And when you use the weapons of our warfare, when you use the weapons that are not fleshly, not carnal, but you use weapons such as kindness, all of a sudden barriers start breaking down. I'm here to tell you that kindness is a huge weapon, not for us to be like, oh, you're so nice and you're so nice and can I help you across the street and you're so nice. No, no, no. We don't just need kind people. We need people to operate in the spirit of kindness for the goal of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the big idea. When you have kindness, they're like keys. They're like keys that can open doors that have been shut forever. When you use kindness, you are able to open doors that nobody else can open. It is amazing what kindness will do when somebody absolutely is opposed to you or absolutely doesn't want to talk to you. It is amazing what kindness can do. Have you ever had somebody so mad at you or doesn't like you or they looked you up and down, they're like, oh, he's wearing a Portland Trailblazers t-shirt. He's probably one of those jugs. And I I had somebody who wants to play basketball, and they hit me in the nose, and I don't like any, you know, and then you're like, hey, man, how's it going? Nice to meet you. They're like, oh, wow, you're pretty cool. You see, kindness opens doors that nothing else. You could go up and talk to them all the truth that you want. But what we need to remind ourselves is that God is saying kindness is truth. We got to speak the truth in love. Usually means I got to just say how it is. I love you enough to tell you the truth, which means I'm going to be a little cold hearted about this. I've said that many times, by the way. But what I'm realizing God's saying is like, there is a spiritual weapon, and I'm not using one scripture. I could quote scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about kindness as being a weapon. And so what we have here, you guys, is that we need to have kindness because it opens your heart and it opens the heart of others. I want you guys to know on the road of God's will, you will find obstacles in the form. Listen, when, you know I've been talking about Obstacles. Do you know what obstacles look like when we're talking about kindness? Obstacles equal irritating people. Do you know any? Do you know any irritating people? Some of you are like, well, I'm trying to figure out if you are or not, but I'm not sure. But so, Okay, okay, well, maybe I am, but, but listen. Uh, uh, sometimes it can be a brother or a sister irritating. Sometimes watch this, sometimes in fact most of you would say uh it's my mom and my dad. Totally irritating, totally frustrating, cannot stand them. And I understand that why because you are who you are and they are who they are and you don't just get to happy land someday when you get to a certain age where you're perfect. So parents have problems too. Can I get uh that's true. Yeah, you know your parents. Sometimes your parents can be the irritating ones. You see the obstacle, remember, that we're trying to run this path, and there's an incredible message that God wants to do in the lives of other people, and there are obstacles in the way that Paul says, we live in such a way that we put no obstacle. Do you know that if you are trying to reach your parent, do you know one way to remove an obstacle between you and your parents many times is kindness? Kindness. Yeah, but Pastor Brian, you don't know what my parents have done to me. I know. Maybe I don't know your situation, but I know this. I know that people fail people. I know that people screw up. I know that people make promises and don't fulfill promises. I know that the person, your boss, might be the jerky of all jerk jerks. And guess what? I understand that because people are people and people have problems. Yet kindness is the weapon that will give you leverage many times to allow God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in that person. And many times, when irritating people are around us, we don't want to use kindness. We want to use truth. <laughs> I want to tell you something. You need to see how it is. And guess what they're saying? Can't hear you. Blah 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 blah, 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 blah 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 You know what song I always sing? You know my sister, my sister would be like. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, nah, 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 nah. I don't know why I sang "Mary Had a Little Lamb," but it worked. Because why? Because when you just want to speak your mind without kindness, what we're seeing as a tool of Scripture, of God, you create obstacles. But kindness can tear down those obstacles and give you leverage. Everyone say leverage. Because here's the deal. There are people that make you mad. There are people that you get frustrated with. There are people at school that just absolutely get on your nerves but let me ask you one simple question. What does God think? What are God's thoughts about the people that make you mad? What is God's intention? What is God's heart with the person that gets you so frustrated? You know that one person at your school that you just can't stand? You know the person at your work that they are just like, you are not compatible. You know, if you went on eHarmony.com, that would be the last person that you would get matched up with because they're just irritating, right? You you know who I'm talking about? All of us can think of that one person. They talk and you're just like, oh, it's like, you know, scratching down the chalkboard. You're just like, oh, 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 you know, deliverance, help me to, to come. I pray that there's a rapture. I need it. Save me, Jesus. You know that person? Even though we all know that and we can think of that one person, what is God's thoughts about that person? What is God's intention and what is God's passion about that person? Do you know my... Message to you tonight is that I, wa- I believe God wants you to hear. Listen to this, everybody, is that even though someone may bother you, even though someone may frustrate you, and maybe someone even gets on your nerves, I am telling you that if you will use kindness, you can tear down the door, the obstacle that very well could between, be the message between them and the message that God wants them to hear. If you will just be kind to that person at work, if you will just start caring and say, you know what, hey, I, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you guys are all on break, taking your 10-minute break, and people outside, they're like, not you because you know you're done with that but you know they're like oh i can't believe that person and you know they're like i can't you know ah you know because they're so irritated guess what guess what you're like yeah you know what i'll see you guys later peace out and then you go in and you sit down with that person that nobody else is sitting with and you sit down with them and you're like hey man what's going on how are you doing and maybe they're just socially a little cuckoo Maybe like, oh, yeah, nine, yeah, and you're like, oh, that's cool, man. Let's, I don't know what you just said, but, man, let's go hang out. Why? Guess what? Guess what? See, God cares about the annoying person just as much as he cares about you. And we need to use kindness and go out of our way. You, you know what? I, I really believe this with all my heart that if you would go onto your campus and you would hang out with the irritating person and show them the kindness of God so that you would have leverage in delivering the message of God, do you know that I honestly believe that we would see people saved left and right because kindness is simply an obstacle that if you will use, you will overcome that obstacle that is the very thing keeping somebody from knowing Christ. It's powerful. I want to close tonight reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. I'm reading out of the message version. You, you're familiar. This is what Jesus Jesus is talking to religious people that think that they know the things of God. And he says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend. And, it, and it's unwritten companion, hate your enemy. And Jesus says, I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. Just like Paul said, the old is gone, the new has come. When you you love your enemies, you're bringing out your God-created self. This is what God does. Now look at this. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun, to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone. Regardless, the good and the bad, (laughs) the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. Jesus is saying, but I have come to make all things new. I've given you the ability to love the annoying. I've given you the ability to be kind to the parents who frustrate you. I've given you the ability to forgive and the ability to overcome even your enemies with kindness. You have an ability. It's not cool. Uh, we're just so loving. We've been best friends since sixth grade. Woo! You're like, you are in sixth grade. I know. It's been the greatest year ever. You know, and, and, and they're like, listen, that's not a big deal to love your best friend. What about the person that hates you? What about the person that wrote a nasty note about you? Romans 12, 14, and 16 says, bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Look at this. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. If you just decided I'm gonna live with leverage, I'm gonna make friends with nobodies. I know some of you. I know some of you because I've hung out with you, you're cool. You got some style, you got some homies and some cronies, and you're hanging out, and you got your crew and all that. And I'm here to tell you if you would simply look for a way to make friends with nobodies, instead of being all up and all that, and I'm not this and I know God. And I'm hanging out with my Christian crew. And if you are absolutely determined in your life, say, God, I'm gonna live with leverage. You care about my lifestyle, you are very interested in the way I live, I'm gonna go make friends with nobodies. I'm telling you, people would be saved. Because the message of Christ, Second Corinthians five, is too amazing. For us to just hang out together. We need to make friends with nobodies, even if they don't like you. You can show kindness towards them. I want to finish tonight by telling you a story simply about what happened a few years ago. Some of you know about this thing called Measure 36. It was where we voted. If you're 18 and older, we voted uh, uh, about uh, keeping the sanctity of marriage, that marriage is between one man and one woman. And Christians got a lot of opposition from the homosexual community, gay, lesbian community. They're like, oh, you hate us, and and you're ah, you're evil. And we're like, no, 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 we don't hate you. In fact, we love you. Uh, But we have to live the way God wants us to live, because when we live the way God wants us to live, uh, life is better, and he designed it. And God knows more. He, like, created us. And it's kind of foolish for somebody who was created to say to their creator, I know more than you. And so God has designed us this way. And it's better. And this is the way it should be. And we have to honor God in that. And so uh, what I did is I went to a school out in Hillsboro. And I was a part of this communication. And this is what the school said. They said, would you please come out? to our school, and talk to a group of students about Measure 36, and talk about uh, why you believe that marriage should be between one man and one woman, and you'll just talk to a variety of students, and so I'm like, sure, I'll do that, I'll come out there, I'll explain why we believe what we believe, and why we think it's in the best interest of the state, and and the best interest of our nation, uh, to be a marriage between one man and one woman. No big deal. Sweet. So I show up, and what they did not tell me is that I would not be speaking to a generic gathering of high school students, but that I was going to the Gay Straight Alliance Club. And so I was, I came in the room, and people literally were just like, oh, there. I'm like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? How are you doing? Good. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. How are you doing? Good to meet you. All right. Sweet. And then in came the a lady that was opposed to Measure Thirty Six. She believed that gays and uh, you know homosexuality, all that. That you know, hey, we all love each other. What's the big deal? Two men, two women, no big deal. And so she came in and she looks at me. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Okay. And some of you, was anybody? Jen was with me. Uh, Who else was with me? Maria was with me. So, uh, am I lying when? I say there was some tension okay there was some mass tension and so I sit down in my chair and and I realize okay oh it's the gay straight alliance club okay it's a it's it's basically pro-gay and 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 everyone you know and if you've got a problem with that you got a problem and so I sat down and I told my spiel you know hey this is what we believe this is the way marriage was intended when uh people wrote the constitution back in the day they uh it was absolutely meant for one man and one woman. We're supposed to keep the Constitution. We're supposed to abide by the law. This is how it's designed. We're one nation under God. This is how it's designed. We're supposed to keep it that way. The only reason we're supposed to amend something is if there's something absolutely egregious and wrong and, and blah, blah, blah. And so and I'm like, yeah. So, And they're like, are you trying to tell me that I don't love somebody? And, and I'm like, oh, no, uh, no. And so I'd smile at them. I'd be like, so here's the deal. Here's why we're saying this. Listen, we're not telling you, uh, we're not trying to create a law that says you can't love whoever you want to love. This is a free nation. Uh, We're simply trying to tell you that the law is already one. And and so I went out, and I smiled at people. And they wanted to fight, man. They just wanted to, and so they'd say something. I'd be like, oh, thanks for the question. Uh, And then they'd be like, and so afterwards, I'm like, no, no. And I'm like, so, okay, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Why? I don't have anything to, f- to defend. The message of Christ and the message of who I am is, is, is nothing to defend. I just want to be who I am. And you can dethrone de- and take people off. Why? Because when you have kindness, you gain leverage. And guess what? Sometimes you don't choose your enemies, they choose you. Sometimes you just walk into a room and they're like, I don't like you. And you can be like, well, if you don't like me, then we'll have words. Or, you like that? We'll have words. Or, or, you can understand that God created kindness as a leverage tool. That you can remove somebody. You can, you can de-arm them. You can, you can take away all their ammunition by simply having kindness. And then all of a sudden, guess what? I will tell you this that people will open up to you because of your kindness. And the message of Christ is enabled because you chose to operate with the weapons of God's strategy rather than the weapons of yourself. And if I could just get you to understand one thing, it's this. When you are full of rage and when you are full of unkindness, when someone did something to you, when your parents have done something to you that is not right and unfair and it has caused you to not want to be kind, Can I tell you that that rage or that resentment or bitterness, can I tell you that that resentment, that rage, that bitterness is literally sucking the faith out of you? Where all of a sudden, at first, you believed that you could be somebody for God. All of a sudden, that resentment, that bitterness, it is sucking life out of you. Where all of a sudden, you're just standing at switch. All of a sudden, you don't have any faith. All of a sudden, you're not even sure about things anymore. Why? Because when you don't operate in kindness, you're on your heels in faith. But when you operate in kindness, when you operate in love, when you say, God, I, it is impossible for me to forgive what those people did to me you've made me a new creation, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I, come on, I put on kindness. I take it not like cheesy. Ah, I'm kind now. No, something in my spirit shifts in the way I see people, my parents, my friends, my coworker. I receive kindness from the spirit, and all of a sudden, because I'm a new creation, man, I'm like, listen, it's impossible. I'm going to do it. Guess what? All of a sudden, faith gets put back in you. All of a sudden you're like, ah, I hugged my dad today. I can't believe it. I hugged my dad. When I hugged my dad, crazy, before I wanted to do something else to my dad that wasn't a hug. And now I and guess what? Faith gets oh, boop, 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 boop. why? Because you're you are operating by the kingdom of God's standards and you are gaining leverage for your life and you are gaining faith. I'm here to tell you that some of you have resentment, some of you have bitterness Some of you have some rage because some people have done some things to you. And you said, it's not fair. I don't have to love them. And God says, if it was the old you, you're right. But I have created you with the ability to do all things through Christ, through me, who strengthens you, God says to you tonight. And I'm here to tell you, last thing I thought I'd preach on is kindness. Come on, let's be a nice youth group. But I am telling you, let's... Let's take on kindness and use it for leverage for the kingdom of God. Let's grab kindness. Some of you need to let down the resentment, let down the bitterness, let down the rage. When someone looks at you, those girls, and I know girls can be way nastier than guys. I know that girls can, they can write things, they can say things. Guess what? You need to get the spirit of God in you that is able to withstand those obstacles and kindness will tear down those obstacles. They're writing things about you and you walk up and you're kind of them. You say, hey, how's it going? And pretty soon, you will de them. You will take away all their weapons. And all of a sudden, they'll say, you know what? That person isn't so bad. And all of a sudden, you can say, hey, you know, listen, this is just what God's done in my life. And they'll be like, wow, we really respect that. Because you're not evil. You're not wicked. You're not, you're not just all up in people's business with hate. In this culture, if you don't have kindness, you're going to be in the defensive position a lot In this culture, if you will have kindness, you will have an advantage with the weapons of warfare that God's given you to run the race that he's called you to. To proclaim the message that Jesus is who he says he is and he's coming back for people who will call him Lord and Savior. Kindness is a weapon. And you have the ability to put it into your life.